0: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. We are going to turn our attention to the issues that women face in the movement towards what we would know as gender equality, the current cultural ideal for womanhood, and perhaps it varies depending on who you're talking to, but it does encourage women to be powerful and to be in control there's some new research from McCrindle Research into what Australians think about the equality of men and women, and I guess not only in the workplace, but in society in general. The research shows that 88% of Australians value the contribution women make to society. 84% believe Australia as a nation could do more to challenge gender bias and inequality. Younger generations are more and more conscious of issues around gender bias and inequality between men and women. And it's the younger generations who say they are most willing to challenge attitudes. As Christians, we have a well-developed impression of equality between men and women. We know that God values women the same way as he values men. But there are lots of dimensions in which we know that women are different to men. Well, we'll be talking women over this coming hour in Australia today with Ashley Fell, who's a social researcher with MacRindle Research. Ashley, a special welcome along to 2020.
1: Thank you very much.
0: (laughs) Ashley. Let's start just by talking about some of your research here and I guess when you do research you're looking for a reliable way to see what Aussies think about uh, the issue of gender equality which was your focus here and primarily in the workplace but uh, an overall picture of, of how your research started and where it went.
1: Yeah, so we conducted this nationally representative survey, which means that we surveyed an equal proportion based on um, the proportions of where people live in Australia across our states, as well as um, gender split so 50% female, 50% male, and across the generation. So that's the methodology. It was an online survey that we conducted to a sample of actually 2,000 Australians. So normally we would sample 1,000 um, Australians, but particularly for this research that we conducted back in February. Of this year we surveyed 2000 Australians and yeah the reason we did that was because we knew International Women's Day was coming up which took place on the 8th of March 2021 it happens every year and so we at at McCrindle were a bunch of social researchers so we like to survey Australians and find out where they sit on a whole bunch of different issues and yeah we were asking questions around um, gender equality around some of the themes of International Women's Day in 2021 which is around Tuesday to challenge Um, and so yeah it was really fascinating to hear about what different generations were thinking and yeah as you mentioned in that introduction um, the very positive statistics around um, you know 88% of Australians valuing the contribution women make to society so some really interesting insights that came out of that research.
0: And what I think I can hear you saying is that you're pretty confident this research is really reliable because as you say you only need just over a thousand in a survey to get an accurate assessment of where people are at but you actually sampled 2000 and therefore the more you sample uh, the better the way that the results actually will show some level of confidence and uh, in the way that they uh, are representing you know true ideals here so uh, a good research a good size sample and it gives you real confidence in the way that those results are uh, that, that they've come through <laughs>
1: Yeah, absolutely. So as you mentioned, yeah, we we normally only need to survey a thousand Australians, but this year we surveyed more um, because we were doing it in conjunction with another research piece that needed a larger sample. And so, yeah, it's fantastic to see um, yeah some really positive results coming out here, and to see as well how Australians are feeling about a whole bunch of different things. And that's why we can split the data with a lot of accuracy there across the different generations and across the gender split as well.
0: And I imagine that when you're talking big picture, as As we are at the start of our conversation, you're looking for uh, big shifts, trends, uh, those sorts of things that uh, people with your qualifications and your skills uh, that you like to look for as a social researcher. And so a gap that's developed between older Australians and younger Australians and the way things are changing. How does that all look?
1: Yeah. So if anybody has ever engaged with anything we do at McCrindle, they'll know that we love talking about the different generations and basically talking about people at different ages and life stages. So we often find that People of different ages have different perspectives on different issues. And we say that comes down to life stage, it comes down to the age at which you were when different transformative technologies impacted you. So we look at, you know, Generation Z and Generation Y, our younger generations who are aged in their teens and 20s, and then even Gen Y are in their um, 30s and they're the family forming life stage and they're the parents of today. And then you've got Generation X and the baby boomers and the builders at the older end of our society. So yeah, we we sort of asked a, only a few questions, but then we split those answers um, by generation. And we found that younger Australians were more likely to say that they champion the cause of gender equality. So thirty eight percent of Generation Z and thirty seven percent of Generation Y compared to thirty percent of Gen X and twenty nine percent of baby of builders. Sorry. Um, were likely to strongly agree Australia as a nation could do more to challenge gender bias uh, and inequality and that younger generations, so 29% of Generation Z, are also more actively making decisions that challenge gender bias, say, compared to just 12% of the baby boomers. So some interesting differences there between the generations.
0: I guess where it gets murky in the way we talk about these sorts of things, Ashley, and I'll be interested in your impression here, because uh, when we talk about definitions on words these days, people have their own uh, ways that they are thinking about things. And certainly whenever that word equality gets mentioned, there's oftentimes an ideological way that people can think about these things. I'm not, not sure you can account for that when you do a survey of 2,000 people in a sample. But, uh, but people think differently about what that word equality really might even mean. Any thoughts around that?
1: Yeah and we're aware as well that we I mean as social researchers we are often surveying Australians about their perspective on things and um, yeah we try not to lead them too much with too many words in the question or lead them to a certain answer we want to be as objective and neutral as possible but you're totally right in terms of people often bring their own perceptions again around some of those murkier words that lie within a question like um, equality so people bring their own perceptions to that so yeah I mean for us at McRindle where we're well aware that people bring those perceptions and we try and have that neutral stance and also focus on people's sentiment um, around that so it, it is I think important for us to acknowledge that when we're talking about um, sensitive topics like gender equality and again you know really positive um, sentiment here among Australians that 88 percent um, value the contribution women make to society so that's a really great foundation I think, that we're coming at this topic with, but then to delve deeper and go, okay, well, let's look at issues of equality, particularly this survey focused on equality um, in the workplace and in leadership roles and senior leadership roles. So, yeah, definitely important, I think, for us to to keep that in mind as we, as we talk about the results.
0: So, as we do have our conversation, we might try and keep the focus on workplace because obviously there are all sorts of equality issues right across a spectrum of different Uh, ways we could be talking about that topic. Now, just uh, quickly, when your survey was done, it wasn't a survey of Christians on the issue of gender equality. It was a general Australia-wide populace type survey. So you're You've surveyed Australians in general, and uh, so today we're talking about this from a Christian perspective. But but you surveyed ordinary Aussies, no matter what sort of work uh, a walk of life, and uh, not sort of religious tradition or what sort of uh, socio economic status they might have. It was a it was a general across the board survey.
1: Yes, and that's another important, I think. Um, factor to note when we're talking about the results so that's exactly right we didn't um, segment the population by income by religion or religious affiliation we didn't segment them by behavior or ide- ideology um, we didn't even seg- segment them by the fact if they're in the working population or all. this is just a general survey of Australians and, and that's what we call in our research nationally representative so therefore because of the methodology that we used we can say 88% of Australians think this rather than 88% of Christians or 88% of employed Australians. So, yep, yeah, it was generic across the population and no, um, no pre-qualifiers for people to take this survey.
0: And uh, I did ask you before our conversation about your own Christian background and you grew up in a Christian home and you hold a deep Christian faith and so many I guess of the social researchers connected there with MacRindle research probably hold a similar sort of a faith position too and I'm not making a a blanket uh, uh, assumption there but uh, Christians when we think about gender equality uh, there are going to be some different positions and different thoughts that arise in that aren't there?
1: Yes, absolutely. So you're right. I I have grown up um, in a Christian church, and yeah, was really fortunate to have some fantastic um, female role models. And I, what I believe, um, you know, a church that really values women and women in leadership roles um, within the church, and then obviously within broader society. And that's right. I mean, obviously, we all um, as Christians, I hope, <laughs> and I'm sure we do, we refer back to the Bible as the source of truth. But as Christians, we know, and as a social researcher, I know that there are Obviously, um, many verses that are up for interpretation and the importance of context. Um, a lot of people pull out, you know, verses from the Bible just without that context to make different claims about um, what the Bible says. So I think there's lots of opportunities for discussion around this topic, healthy debate. Um, but yes, I am a Christian. And so a lot of our, our research, again, we're, we're unbiased and we want to have a neutral position and find out what Australians think but we do approach the topics from a Christian perspective and we have that in our minds when we when we're talking about topics like um, the value of women in society.
0: Okay, well I do want to invite listeners to join into our conversation today too so there might be some interesting insights that might come. We'll open our talk back lines. Uh, listeners might like to join in 1-800-316-316. We are talking about women and women in the workforce and the idea of gender equality. Ashley, as we come to to women in the workforce, uh, there is a sense in which your research found that women are actually very well represented in the workforce, but very underrepresented in leadership roles. Now, this is an interesting one. Give us a description here about what you think Aussies are saying through your research about women in the workforce and this underrepresentation in leadership roles.
1: Yeah, so we know um, that. In Australia um, and across more broadly across the world uh, women comprise half of our population Um, and it's I think really positive to note that half of Australians um, believe there is room for improvement when it comes to leadership roles so we know that women are well represented in the workforce like they are in the population Um, about half of the workforce or just under half I believe women working in Australia today and that's a rise we've seen over time because the role of I guess perception of women's roles have changed over time from just being around childbearing to um, having a role in society and having a role in the workplace so that's around the perception over a long period of time um, around the role of women but also today in Australia um, we know that the cost of living that housing affordability particularly for the emerging generation of women and Families and workers means that it's not just enough for one person in the um, in a marriage or in a relationship to earn an income. Oftentimes, it needs to be um, both partners earning an income to support the family. And we've got more women. Um, in our education system now than ever before Um, a lot of women like a lot of men a lot of our younger generations starting those earning years with a hex debt from university or other tertiary study and so all of these factors mean we have more women in the workforce today women are well represented which is fantastic Um, but like you mentioned in that in that introduction to this question, there is an underrepresentation of women in leadership roles, um, on boards of directors of companies, um, in those higher paying roles. And there's a number of reasons for that. And as I mentioned just earlier, our most recent research that we're talking about now found that half of Australians, so about 48%, believe there is room for improvement when it comes to women having leadership or senior roles in Australian workplaces. However, I guess the inverse of that is a third of Australians um, believe Australian workplaces are doing well in this area so we wanted to have that opinion because I think a lot of the time in the media you hear about these sorts of topics and um, a lot of people can go women are not represented and we need more women and and I think that's true to a certain extent um, but we have made some great progress in the last few years in the last few decades in fact and so that's um, worth noting as well and, and Australians are identifying with that.
0: I imagine it gets beyond research and perhaps even into, you know, personal expressions about how this all happens because if we say that women are underrepresented in leadership levels and say in the boardroom or on the executive of a of a company we might be asking why that is the case and of course mm-hmm. this this includes doesn't it not only the women we're talking about but the men that are on the other side of the equation here and and I think we're probably not leaving anyone out of this conversation but if we're talking about what it is that keeps women out of these leadership roles, where do you think this might be going? Uh, Is it a lack of assertiveness in the workplace? Uh, Is it misogyny? Uh, Is it the idea of uh, women have children and they take time out of the workforce and it interrupts a momentum? Any thoughts here, Ashley? And I'm not sure how the, uh, the research might show here, but I'm interested in your personal thoughts as well.
1: Yeah, so all I think it's a combination of all of the things uh, you just mentioned, and we did ask this. We asked a question, you know, around how Australians think workplaces are going with regards to women in the workforce, how Australian workplaces are going with regards to women in senior leadership roles, um, and then we did test a number of factors that we think Australians might have identified with, um, and so the the options we 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 put in the survey, uh, we found 80% of Australians think a lack of support for women exiting the workplace for family reasons is a barrier that holds women back from achieving 50% senior leadership roles. And a similar proportion, 79%, said not enough flexible working options is a barrier another 79% think that there are not enough organisations who model women in senior leadership well. And I've heard this phrase a few times and Mark McRindle and I wrote a book last year called Work Wellbeing, Leading Thriving Teams in Rapidly Changing Times. And I remember talking about this and we talk about diverse workplaces, not just gender diversity, but cultural diversity and generational diversity and what's happening in our workplaces today. And I remember we put in a a quote from... um, from someone in the book which talked about, you know, we can't be what we can't see and that's often, um, you know, the role of mentoring and I think mentoring within um, the church is a really positive thing but in terms of workplaces, do women have an opportunity to see older women um, ahead of them in their life stage or their career? modeling this well how you balance those competing priorities of family and work and all those things so not enough organizations who model this well or have enough women in those senior roles Um, a similar 79% also think a lack of awareness among male leaders of where Australian workplaces are at and what needs to change um, is a barrier and I guess that kind of points to sometimes even that hiring um, or promotion bias and maybe unconscious bias that Australians might have around um, what characteristics and qualities are needed um in a leadership senior leadership position and i think that points back to the the differences um that we have as women and men, but there's there's a lot of research that I've read. We didn't explore it in this particular study, but just around, you know, the differences between how a male and a female are perceived in a workplace and that kind of authority and strength and nurturing role. So there's lots of different ideas around that. Um, and so there were some of the barriers there. And I think, yeah, like you said, it's a mix of um, you know, the reality of women often needing to leave the workforce to have children and to have a family and to raise a family. Um, But then there's other um, barriers there as well around just a lack of um, examples in the workplace for women. They're not there's not enough flexible working options, which we're kind of seeing a shift now with, with COVID and the work from home era. Um, and also, yeah, lack of awareness among male leaders as to where Australian workplaces are at, what needs to change and potentially some some hiring bias there as well.
0: Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. We're talking gender equality today. There is a Facebook post that you can respond to at facebook.com forward slash Vision Radio asking the question today... As a Christian, do you think gender equality between men and women is a good goal? Our special guest is Ashley Fell. Ashley is a social researcher with MacRindle Research. Ashley, how do we bring this conversation right down into the nitty-gritty, into the workplaces where our listeners will be right now, recognising these inequities as we're describing them, Uh, talking about, you know, older generations, younger generations. How do we bring this right down into our workplaces?
1: Yeah, it's such a fantastic question and quite a complex question, I think. Um, so, our research, as I mentioned earlier, really focused on the different generations perspective and at Mcrindle, we are really passionate about helping organisations and people understand different generations and drawing on the strengths because I think what happens is different generations have different perspectives because we've grown up in different times um, and with different social context and with different transformative technologies and, and life markers events like COVID is a big one for the emerging generations it's impacted us all but particularly for them if they're coming of age during a global pandemic that's going to impact how they view work and how they view life so I thought I would just give your listeners a little overview of the different generations just to help us get situated with where we all fit um, so our builders generation are age 76 and over our baby boomers between the age of 57 and 75, our Generation Xs between 42 and 56, our Gen Ys 27 to 41, and they're also known as the millennials. If you ever come across that term, that means Gen Y. Then we've got our Gen Zs aged 12 to 26 and our Generation Alphas aged under 12. And so I think it's really important for us to Think about the age at which all of these generations are in 2021 and, you know, how they've been impacted because we see Generation Z today as our students, but they're entering our workplaces in big numbers and – I think it's important for this generation and for the Gen Ys, which is who I belong to, um, to acknowledge that we are standing on the shoulders of those generations who are older, who've gone before um, and who have paved the way for the gender equality that we see in our workplaces today but also acknowledging that there's still work to be done to get more women's perspective and more female perspective onto those boards and in organisations at a leadership level so that you know we can get a balanced view of um different perspectives and even across you know age groups there's another whole conversation around not just women but then generational diversity and the value that different perspectives bring to those conversations so yeah we really see that the younger generations aren't afraid to stand up and speak about their expectations of diverse and representative workplaces we think that these emerging generations are going to be Uh, what we call post-dialectic in their nature. So they're going to look, I think, for ways to have a career as well as have a family. And so how we can support them um, in that endeavour with greater flexibility, support for women as well as men and mums and dads leaving the workforce and organisations who model that well. So I think there's some examples and there's lots of creative solutions organisations can do, I think, to get that broader, diverse um, perspective. And our research also found that 90% of Generation Z um, Um, So those sort of workforce entrants today think there's not enough training for organisations in how to recognise and push back against hiring bias. That's another thing that organisation leaders can keep in mind and a way that they can sort of, yeah, maybe rectify the mix um, in their workplace and and how women perhaps are potentially viewed.
0: I guess we often will like to say uh, the government needs to be involved in this and legislation needs to put things straight, put things right. I wonder if you've got any thoughts on what government might have as responsibility for legislating workplace equality or... The other side of the equation there, what responsibility do we personally take for the way that that equality happens in our own workplaces and and for women who are listening in, uh, what responsibility do they take to actually break the mould and uh, don't wait for legislation and governments to uh, get involved and interfere, but actually to press on and uh, take their God-given capacities uh, to the levels where they can be a real influence in their workplace? What are your thoughts on two sides of that equation, Ashley?
1: Yeah, it's really interesting. So we actually conducted a very similar study a couple of years back and in the most recent um, survey from 2021, we didn't ask this question, but we did in the previous survey. So we asked the question, in an effort to move organisations towards the goal of having 50% women on boards and in senior leadership, what is your view on implementing quotas on this with repercussions for not reaching that quota, such as penalties and companies not being eligible? So we've sort of acknowledged acknowledged from our study that or that Australians think more can be done to achieve more equality in senior leadership roles across um, between men and women and so yeah that question around well how do we get there is it an individual's um and an or- individual organization's responsibility um I think in a really ideal world every organization would be valuing this but there are, of course are some that don't um or some that aren't doing that and so like you mentioned you how how can how can bodies like the government step in, and, and is is that um, a viable option? So, we found that more than three in five employed Australians agree that quotas should be implemented on organisations having 50% women on boards and in senior leadership positions. Of the 64% who agree, because we did a scale of agree and not agree in different levels of strongly agree or slightly agree. So, of the 64% who agree, 16% are strongly in support of this, while 24% are somewhat in support and 24% are slightly in support. And I remember having this discussion with Mark and with our team internally, because it's really interesting and sites. I think a lot of Australians from our research are acknowledging that we want to do something, we want more to be done. But there's still some reservation around that that forcing organizations to do that because we don't want to have a tokenism culture or a ticker box culture in our workplaces where women are getting those leadership roles maybe for the wrong reasons. But we still think um I'm talking from the Australian perspective from our research here, a lot of Australians think that there should maybe be something implemented for that. So I think that's really interesting and, and I personally think, yes, there is a responsibility on um, on organisations to be aware of what's happening and I think that falls to the responsibility of organisational leaders to look at the gender mix in senior leadership roles and to make intentional decisions about that. But also I, I do think there's some great things that – women can do as individuals to step up, to be um, to be heard, to, like you said, to express our God-given um, great qualities and to make our workplaces more diverse and, and more inclusive there.
0: As you say, it is a challenging thing for every workplace because along with the idea of quotas comes this political ideological divide and you might have a thought or two here and not far out from the news but at the idea of equal outcomes and uh, people put that idea of quotas 50% women on boards and in leadership uh, 50% men and uh, when you have the quota idea you create a tokenism in the culture. The other side of that of course is the idea of equal opportunity where equal opportunity is created and then men and women are competing for the same opportunities and then the challenge 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 comes is to how women, and as you say, lack of role models and all sorts of things in there that might be holding women back, how they might aspire to those senior leadership roles. This political ideological divide gets pretty messy and pretty controversial, doesn't it?
1: Yes, absolutely, and it can be really tricky to navigate um, as as women and as leaders. And I think, yeah, I think there needs to be a little bit of both uh, in terms of just organisations being really aware of the opportunities and and who's vying for those roles. But then also, um, yeah, the just from the start, having some equal opportunities there um, and making sure women are stepping up and I think there's some real, in our book that we wrote last year, we talk about the need for leaders to equip um, encourage and empower and entrust their teams and I think there's a real role here for organisational leaders to step up and to see when you see something in someone, I think this is really natural for a Christian to do, you see something in someone, you see a quality that maybe they don't see in themselves, um, you speak that um, into their life and you encourage them in that way and that's the role of a leader to encourage the people they're leading. Uh, and so, yeah, I think there is definitely a mix there. But like you said, it's it's a very tricky topic.
0: And there's plenty more to come in our conversation. Ashley, let's start this segment with uh, taking a, a call or two from listeners. Let's first of all hear from Gordon in North Mackay. Hello, Gordon. Welcome along. Hi, Neil. Gordon, what are your thoughts? Yeah, Talking about, OK, gender equality. I know that the state government... Has ex- actually brought that in, but the problem with it, they wouldn't appoint a board just recently until they had 50% women. The women that were in there felt threatened in the sense that they were actually were originally promoted to the board on their merits or their qualifications. When they brought in that they had to have numbers, they felt threatened and resigned. So where's that leave the people that were put in there originally on their qualifications and their experience? Uh, interesting one, Gordon. Let's get a thought or two. Ashley, what are your thoughts for Gordon and the idea of uh, this idea of trying out the, the idea of 50-50 workplace uh, leadership quotas?
1: Yeah, it's definitely uh, an interesting one. And again, we we surveyed Australians about this and there was definitely more Australians in favour of quotas being implemented. But um, as we were discussing earlier, it's just not that Cut and dry in terms of yes or no. There's um, there's different levels of support there, and I think that's for this reason because you come into that with people, people and organisations needing to tick a box, needing to get through the red tape of having a certain mix of genders on there. So I think the the effort and the intention is good around quotas and around. Um, ways to get that representation a bit more equal. However, we do want the best people, I think, in those roles um, and, yeah, not, based on their merit and their qualifications, not just on their gender. So, it's certainly a really tricky one to get right and Australians are divided, like it sounds like listeners are and and Christians are as well, on, on how we go about getting that equality um, in, in a really fair and equal way.
0: Gordon in North Mackay, thank you so much for your call. Illustrative, isn't it, that when he talks about a Labor government giving the quota idea a try, uh, the opposite side of the equation, a conservative government uh, may take a different position and will favour the idea of merit rather than quotas. Uh, Before we take another call, any thought on this idea of, because if you get all this wrong, all you have is, as we mentioned just before the news, an idea of tokenism of women in leadership. What are you thoughts here for merit versus quotas Ashley?
1: Yeah I mean I think it, it's it's hard to um, get that balance right and, and as I said Australians are divided on that I think my personal opinion is I think quotas can lead us down that path of too much red tape and even for small businesses um, we've done a lot of other research outside of this topic and we've done a lot of research into small businesses and one of the biggest barriers that they face is the red tape and I'm sure for larger organisations and government organisations, that's even more the case around ticking the box and tokenism. And I think that can breed a really unhealthy culture um so yeah I, I think merit is the way to go but then like we just need to be aware like we've we talked about already just in terms of if that's all we're thinking about merit we can very quickly uh, eliminate women from the discussion um, because they may be out of the workforce for different reasons so yeah i mean all that is to say it's a definitely a tricky situation i think maybe sometimes we need elements of both rather than just one or the other um, but all that is to say organizations just need to be conscious and I think leaders, people in leadership roles need to be conscious of of the mix of people around those board tables as well.
0: Taking calls 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Tess in Esperance in WA. Hello Tess, welcome along.
2: Good morning. Um, I like the idea of sort of male and female being part of it. Just from the other perspective though, um, I'm a female myself and um, I have two female um, leadership roles, I have um, a boss and a supervisor, they're both female, and what tends to happen um, when we gather in our meetings uh, is it just goes off track and it's quite, there's a lot of kind of tension and uh, again sort of narkiness and almost, for want of a better word. Uh, A a sort of essence of bitchiness can come through and I think a male role or just sharing you know a bit of male and a bit of female would really balance things out and keep it logical and you know on track maybe.
0: Tess you are bringing into uh, the conversation now some uh, some real nitty-gritty depth here and uh, I wonder if you've got some thoughts here Ashley what are your first impressions there for Tess?
1: Yeah, I can identify with that. I've I've been in conversations before in situations in the workplace and outside of it um, in different sporting teams, you know, where there's only women and there is a certain way things are spoken about. And I, what came to mind when Tess was sharing her story, which I thank her for doing because I think that's really helpful when we can hear people's stories and, and hear different perspectives, um, is something that Mark and I were writing in the book last year around organizations are best um, when we're representative of the culture that we are um, in. And I think we talked about this earlier, Neil, in terms of the fact that 50% of our population of our society in Australia and the world is women. And so, I think it's best when we get both perspectives, when we get diversity in those boardrooms, in those leadership roles, in our teams. And so, then we get different perspectives and we know that women and men are made differently with unique strengths. and so when we can um, bring that together and we can draw on each other's perspectives and strengths and weaknesses and challenges then we get a more holistic picture and I think that's when we can better serve our clients and our communities so But, yeah, I I totally identify with what Tess was sharing as well.
0: Okay, Tess, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. You can also uh, respond to our Facebook question today, which says, As a Christian, do you think gender equality between men and women is a good goal? Uh, Let me just come straight to one uh, comment from a listener. And uh, she says, interestingly, listening to this morning, and wondering why God is absent from the conversation. We should be encouraging women to allow themselves to look after their children at home and focus on how they can be supported rather than running after the woke crowd and desiring what they want rather than following God. Now, that's an interesting one. I'll get your impression, and we might talk about an element or two of that. Uh, What are your thoughts for Sharon?
1: Yeah, I think that's a really important point uh, to make. And yeah, as I, as we talked about earlier, um, this particular survey is around women in the workplace and it's not of a Christian audience, it's just of general Australians. But certainly, um, you know, from my own perspective, I certainly think that's really important to think about um, God's intention for women and the unique skills and the unique um, bodies that we carry in unique um, roles that we can do in terms of childbearing and and roles of mothers. And even though that's changing and that's changed over time just in broader society that, you know, it's not just mothers who can nurture and care for their children. Fathers can do that um, in a really amazing supportive way as well. Um, I do think there are unique um, ways of living and ways of interacting both at, in the family and in the workplace. Um, and it's really important, I think, for the emerging generation of workers who are coming through, who are Generation Z and even Gen Y still to a certain
0: Have we still got you, Ashley? Uh, Ashley seems to have dropped out there. Uh, Ashley, if you can hear me, uh, you might need to just re- try to reconnect. Uh, so, uh We will continue our conversation in just a few moments and I'll just see if we can wait for Ashley to reconnect. Let me just pick up on something that Sharon mentioned. She said, listening to this morning, wondering why God is absent from the conversation. I want to tell you that God is not absent from this conversation. Uh, We did start in an introduction talking about the way we think of equality and we can certainly come back to uh, one of my favorite verses as you might imagine if you're a regular listener back to Genesis chapter 1 verses 26-27. Men and women created in the likeness, the image and likeness of God, absolute essential equality in there. Uh, We might have pursued the idea, too, that, that, you know, where is uh, God uh, in this conversation uh, talking about women, in fact, in workplace places today? Uh, Given that the idea of women's liberation and uh, workplace opportunities, uh, the uh, ability to vote, these things emerged out of Christian society. So to say that God is absent in all of this, actually, what we're talking about women in the workplace, uh, we're talking today and grappling with and uh, challenging ideas about what we might think as Christians around women in the workplace. So uh, uh, you might like to contribute more along that conversation uh, just to talk about women uh, certainly women in the workplace, uh, women in general, uh, just the way that Jesus absolutely smashed the mould of what women were in in the first century, absolute oppression of women under the Roman Empire, But Jesus certainly took that and uh, changed uh, dramatically uh, the way that women were perceived, and uh, those conversations that Jesus had, say with the woman at the well, now, and uh, so we uh, we got all sorts of uh, different conversations uh, that Jesus had. It was women at the resurrection. Remember, it was women's stories at the incarnation, at Jesus' birth. So women have a dramatic role to play uh, in all of that. And I think we have you back, Ashley.
1: Yes, I'm here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. All right. I'm just uh, taking that moment. I'm glad we've reconnected with you, and uh, listeners might know that uh, Ashley's not in the studio with me. It's a wonderful connection here, but uh, Ashley is, in fact, in Sydney. We are taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Uh, we can talk some more about the uh, God aspects of our conversation, but let's take some more calls. Debbie's on the line from Charleville in Queensland. Hello, Debbie. Welcome. <laughs> How are you? Good, Debbie. What are your thoughts? Well, hey, I'm a woman. (laughs) (laughs) We'll celebrate that with you today. I'm proud of it. Good.
2: Yep, I'm proud of it. Um, I have two very hardworking daughters who live in Brisbane, but neither of them are married, and I will stress that. Because, hey, look, um, who's going to look after the kids? Speaking as a married lady, you know, I'm seeing so many kids being left behind because both mum and dad are actually working. And look, I I grew up um, in a hard-working family myself. Um, I've always stressed, you know, working hard to get where you want to go. I, I have... Um, several degrees in music. I also have um, a degree in hospitality. I am, at the moment, looking for work in hospitality. So, yeah, I know all about women in the workforce. I know, you know, um, a lot of the stuff that they tend to face. I also know that there are a lot of women who want to just be facsimile men. Hey, God made us different for a good reason, and that is that somebody has to look after the kids. Somebody has to invest in young people's lives so that when they grow up, they've got a good idea of what being an adult is.
0: Wonderful stuff, Debbie. Let's get a thought or two from Ashley.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Debbie, for the call and for sharing your story. And it's great to hear that you're proud to be a woman and you're raising obviously two great um, daughters there and their role in their respective lives and communities and workplaces. I think Debbie touched on something really key, particularly for the next generation of women who, um, as we've explored a little bit in the chat today, are looking to um, be in the workforce, who need to be in the workforce in some areas because, again, we're, we're looking at Living in a different world, cost of living, more women in education, more women coming out of education with a hex debt or a tertiary debt, starting those earning years in different circumstances to how generations of the past did, um, as well as as we've talked about today, the the different role of women in the workplace and the value we know they bring and i think for us and we we talked about this in our in our work well-being book last year that work is not just a place we go to earn money work is a key part of our sense of contribution our sense of purpose for many of us it's our vocation it's our key ministry opportunity to share the gospel with people and so work so much more than just where we need to go to get paid but obviously that that forms a big part of why we often work um but i think for the next generation of women there is that real challenge and i personally find this as well i love my job at mccrindle i love coming to work every day i love the challenge i also want to become a mum one day um if that's in god's plan for my husband and i and I do face that challenge of I would love to take time out of the workforce and raise my children, but I also want to further my career, continue to be challenged, continue to have that place of community. So I think that's that's a real challenge for um, for young women of today. I think it's also a real opportunity that we have, um, but there's some yeah, there's some key challenges just that exist around that and, and the role of women um, in in doing those two things.
0: Debbie, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316. Still maybe time to take another call or two. Let's come back to uh, the idea of Christians and the conversation that we're having today. And I mentioned a few things, the essential equality of women. We might be able to talk about the way that men and women are wired a little differently, and uh, that might uh, give some insight too into Uh, pay gaps and such things like that Uh, what are your thoughts if we were just uh, you know asking your opinion here and running out of time here but the idea of wage equality often comes up and some people will say there is no such thing as wage equality people are uh, whether men or women being paid the same for the same uh, work Uh, but what are your thoughts here around wage equality
1: yeah, so I was looking up um, on the Australian Government's Workplace Gender Equality Agency, um, often termed WGEA, um, and there they have a lot of interesting insights and statistics on the gender pay gap. And yes, I know a lot of people sometimes wonder if that does exist. But according to them, um, there is a, a pay gap here and on average, um, men working full-time earn about $25,000 on average a year more than women working full-time. And I know that's a really complex um concept sometimes to think and there's lots of different factors like women taking time out and and men continuing to work through those child bearing years or family years um different qualifications all those things but i do think it's important for us to look at the statistics that's the researcher in me speaking um to look at yeah the fact that there there is a gender pay gap that exists in australia it has gotten less over time we've made some great inroads there but there's still um some some work to be done here
0: I think some people will say because men and women are wired a little differently, and I picked up one little illustration, the idea that if you looked at a course where people are studying engineering, there'll be 20 men to one woman. Uh, But if you talk about another career, say nursing, you might have 20 women to one man. And uh, the way that those are different careers, people are attracted to different uh, ways of participating in their career choices, uh, and some of the career choices are better paid than others. Uh, Any thoughts there, Ashley, the way that we are wired differently and our choice of career may actually be upsetting this idea of uh, whether we're actually doing well compared to uh, the opposite sex?
1: Yeah, that's right. So that's a really important point, I think, as well to make, Neil. And on this website that I just mentioned, there is a whole little section on the undervaluation of female jobs and the fact that in Australia, women and men tend to be segregated into different occupations and industries. So like you mentioned, sometimes those female-dominated occupations attract lower pay than male-dominated occupations. So again, there's, there's a contextual element to that pay gap conversation that I think is important for us to think about and take into account when we are th- and we are talking about the gender pay gap that does exist um, and there's those caring occupation and in industries in the healthcare and social services industries um, often attract lower pay than occupations say in the construction industry where we typically have typically have more males working in construction than females and then more females in caring occupations like nursing and and, and occupations like that than men are in those roles so that's an important I think contextual element for us to be considered of as well when we do talk about the gender pay gap that does exist Uh,
0: Let's just quickly touch on the sorts of role models that we might have in church life. And uh, when we had your little dropout before, I was mentioning uh, things like the idea that women have been able to emerge in our Western societies uh, because of a Christianized uh, base of uh, where we've come from and uh, the idea of, you know, being able to vote, uh, the idea of women's liberation, being able to emerge in a Western nation where uh, you just think through that very carefully. Uh, women have not been able to emerge in other cultural uh, settings. But so this Christian foundation has given women this opportunity to emerge but I wonder how that works in the way that our women in churches are and the sorts of role modelling that we might be seeing in Christian women today. Any thoughts around that or is there an aspiration there for Christian women in church life to set role models and to adjust to a biblical idea for an emerging ed- generation of young women about how to be a Christian woman and to actually be empowered by your faith. Any thoughts here at all Ashley?
1: Yeah, absolutely and it's it makes me so proud to be a Christian when we hear of the social reforms and the changes in how yeah, even gender is perceived that traces back to Jesus ministry and the value um, and the care and the love that he had for the women um, in his life and in his ministry when he was here on earth and I think it's really fantastic for us to um, have, fan- have role models in women um, in the church who who value those those unique um, giftings that God has and I talk about this with my female colleagues all the time around we want to have, we want both, we want to be strong and independent um, and um, ability to to have our opinions shared, we also want to be humble and gracious and kind because that's I think what and what my colleagues and I also often discuss and, and think and believe um, that God has equipped women with a unique ability to be sensitive um, and caring and nurturing so how can we have elements of of both in our in our ministry, in our churches, in our leadership roles, how can we be examples? for the next generation who are looking up to us, how can we mentor um, the next generation of women coming through in terms of, yeah, relying on and, and drawing upon those really unique giftings that God has given women while also stepping up and maybe stepping out of our comfort zone into leadership opportunities that perhaps um, a lot of research suggests men just tend to naturally gravitate towards a little bit easier. And that's the life of a Christian to continually be growing and be challenged by the gospel and to respond to the changing society in our world. And that's what we do at McCrindle. We're passionate about equipping organizations with an understanding of what's happening in society and equipping the church with an understanding so that we can can respond um, with gospel-based insights and love for people in a way that can, yeah, bring more people to the gospel and help them explore this changing world we're living in.
0: Time is running out. Let's see if we can squeeze one more call in. Pete is in Melbourne. Pete, need to be quick, but what are your thoughts?
2: Just quickly, Genesis chapter 3, verse 16 says, Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. So for uh, so a... um Oh, man... Yep. <laughs> so that that was lost, you know, when at the fall of man, when they disobeyed, when they disobeyed the Lord, that uh, the, the equality was lost. The gender equality emerging today is a destructive social construct. God gave strict ro- laws among the Hebrew nation, giving men and women unique roles that are just and work well. Remember in um, Proverbs chapter thirty-one. It mentions about the virtuous wife, not the virtuous woman. So God bless you all. And Jesus well,
0: Pete, yeah. you've actually taken us into a whole new deep uh, area here. We might need an expert theologian to be able to unpack, but let me just, uh, just see if I can summarize something here. Uh, Pete mentions uh, Genesis chapter 3, the idea that under a curse... Uh, women are relegated to the pain of childbirth and men to working the ground uh, by the toil and you know blood, sweat and tears uh, to be able to survive. And there is a certain sense in which there is curse. Uh, what we see developed then through Old Testament times and perhaps into New Testament times is this idea of submission because of the idea that when two become one flesh, as we did see with Adam and Eve, two become one flesh, Uh, there's obviously going to be a tremendous conflict if there isn't some level of uh, submissiveness on one side and not on the other. And so there's like the captain of a team. And so you have this biblical appointment of a captain and you have a submissive uh, secondary person. Now, people can be critical as they like. Uh, We're not going to be having this conversation much longer just summarizing this. But the idea that there is equality between a man and a woman and that the two unite is as one flesh when they marry, this has been one of the foundations for the strength of Western civilization. And uh, it's not as though women taking a submission role is somehow rather subservient like a slave. What tends to happen if we understand the love between a man and a woman? Because remember, when a woman is called to submit to a husband, the man is called to love his wife. And the idea of loving is in fact better, uh, uh, better uh, defined as the idea of empowering. So there's an empowerment that comes from the love in the team of a man and a woman. Uh, Pete, you've taken us into some deep waters, and we don't have a whole lot of time to discuss a whole lot of other big issues around that, and perhaps that might have to wait for another day, but it is a great conversation to have. Ashley, I do want to give you a little opportunity to to just add anything to there uh, or uh, disagree with what I've just said. Any thoughts uh, just quickly on the idea of of submissiveness and uh, uh, Genesis chapter 3? Any thoughts there?
1: Yeah, I think that you sum that up really well um, in your response, Neil. And yeah, that the mutual respect and love that there is more context to just that one verse, and I think a lot of people can. Um and non-Christians particularly can take that one verse um, and really see that as um, indicative of the of the role and the value of a woman in marriage and in society. But like you mentioned, there is there is a Bible, the Bible unpacks that a lot more and I think you've done a really great job in, in looking at the, the inverse of that and the role of the husband in a marriage context and that it is founded on love and empowerment and I think that's a great model for us to take into our workplaces as well in terms of the value and the unique contribution that men and women um, play and the role that we have to encourage and uplift our colleagues, whatever gender they might be, um, and to, yeah, to express um, Christ's love for them in our workplaces, regardless of the gender they have.
0: Pete, thank you so much for your call. Time has run out. We've gone over time. And uh, I think there's – let me just say this, Ashley. We've probably raised more questions than we've given <laughs> answers today. Uh, But uh, look, in your role as a social researcher and uh, reporting to us today on these trends and talking about the way you've unpacked some of those things in your book called Work Wellbeing, Leading Thriving Teams in Rapidly Changing Times, uh, when we bring into that our Christian dimension, when we're looking for biblical foundations, what does God say about equality between genders. Uh, those sorts of things are really, really important. My encouragement is to listeners to explore those all the more. I'll encourage you to get a hold of the book written by Mark McCrindle and Ashley Fell, Work Wellbeing. Uh, you'll be able to find that. Uh, certainly visit the mccrindle.com.au website. You'll find it in good bookstores, uh, wherever uh, you're looking, uh, but simply Google Work Wellbeing uh, by Mark McCrindle and Ashley Fell Ashley, just great getting your insights today. Thank you so much for uh, putting yourself out there and uh, being in the deep waters with us today on 2020.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. It was great chat. Great to be involved. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.